1: Hello and welcome to the 909 9 Podcast. On this week's podcast, we're going to be talking about the Fontaine's debut album, Dog Roll, and we'll be talking about tracks of the week from King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, Rosalia, Peggy Goo, and more. I'm Niler9. 9, I'm joined by my co-host Andrea Cleary. Hello. And we also have two special co-hosts for the first time ever. We have Pillow Queens Sarah. Hello. Pillow Queens Pam. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing?
2: Very well. Excited to be here. Thanks yes, for having this us. Yes, an
1: exciting new uh, journey for all, us all. Um, it's the first time we've ever had uh, co-hosts in for the whole show. No pressure. Yeah. So I'd like um, to be part of the debut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, how are you guys doing?
2: Really well. Um, yeah, we're excited for a busy summer. Yeah, we're looking you've got forward to
1: it. You got some gigs coming up. We were looking at there. You've got a lot coming up. You're uh, sporting soak on a tour soon um in may right in, yeah we're in heading of off UK the
2: fourth of may um until the very end of may i think the 31st and then we're right back into festivals then for the june bank holiday so It'll
3: be busy. Sweet. Very busy bees.
1: Very, very busy Sweet. Busy and how are things uh, for you otherwise in terms of you had your choice nom recently? That was
2: exciting. Yeah.
1: That was you're, exciting. You were wearing a very uh, nice jacket. If I, remember I was correctly. wearing a very nice suit. Very I just wanted to correct you
2: sorry, on, sorry, you on yes, that. yes, yes. Uh, so it has since was rip. <laughs> it ripped. Rip? It ripped entirely. It ripped entirely the whole no. way down God. the butt. <laughs> uh, so I'm kind of actually thinking of sending it back to Zara And trying to get a refund so I can get another nice suit
4: I think you should So as
3: drunk at lunch as you do Yeah, you're probably right I
4: learned
1: the boot Very good uh, Yeah, and uh, you Well, one of the reasons you're on for synergy reasons, mm-hmm. is because and promotional reasons, um, you're playing the gig that we are doing in uh, the Grand Social on April thirteenth, an all ages gig uh, yes. alongside uh, Squarehead and God Knows and Tebby Rex. Yes, uh, and one of your tracks is on the vinyl that's coming out on that. Wow. It's also Record Store Day as well, so lots of thing happen things happening on that day. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're uh, there, yeah, so anyone who buys a ticket for that will get a a vinyl mm-hmm. and a gig and experience and pretty good value all ages it's all ages no i really wanted to do an all ages gig because i felt like there was a lot of value in doing that uh, i don't see a lot of all ages gigs these days for me very rare did you very guys rare. go to all ages gigs when you were younger
3: oh yeah i did not really have much of a social life so I, didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think
2: that's where like my love for music came from um was going to like dare i admit it but like blast gigs and those I went kind of gigs. yeah no like, shame in
1: that everyone went to blast yeah gigs, i, I
2: mean there's some i not like there was a Class Blast that Delorento's played and there was a stage invasion and I was up there and I was like getting a taste for it being like I want to be on stage yeah and then, you know a few years later boom
1: yeah cool um I I was actually a judge on one of the Blast Beats gigs way right. back and uh the little green cars were on it. and oh, wow. we talking we talked about this in the context of when they broke up Did we talk about this at all i don't think so well i don't know when was that when when the little green cars broke break they only up
3: they announced it, it was like, only like week last and a half. week
1: yeah i don't even know if we
3: discussed because it on no. this, did we? we watched the, the other voices that they were on right, and that yeah. was yeah. Show, the day they announced it was the day of that yeah. show so that was when we were in um, donigo
1: mm. yeah 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 um, yeah but they were on they were on the blast beat gig um, and they were all 15 16 and you could tell there was something Very exciting happening with them. They hadn't quite like finished, um, you know, they hadn't quite got to the level where their songs were very together. But there Mm. was clear amongst all these pop punk bands and like terrible rock bands, they were the ones that like were doing something different. And uh, I think they won that time and then they didn't win the final or something like that. They were denied in a kind of a anti, you know, um, they didn't get their uh, ending like the Mighty Ducks. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if it didn't become the. Yeah. Uh, Did they have the same p- name? Were they Little Green Cars then? Yeah. They oh, were. Wow. Yeah. yeah they were cool. Little Green Cars for a long time.
4: Yeah. Like thinking about Blast and the kind of vibe that it had. I'm mm. just trying to imagine a, like even a band called Little Green Cars yeah. being there. Because when I was there, it was like.
3: Scream-o. Yeah, yeah, a Yeah. Lo-
4: like I, when I was a teenager, I lived in Navin. I, I used to go to this all ages thing called Yamo which was put on the same night as Books, which was like the big sort of dance music thing mm. so that they could keep the two groups like separate and there <laughs> wouldn't be any <laughs> run-ins. Um, and when you go to Yamo, it's like all local bands. And then we'd like come to Dublin for Blast. And it'd be yeah. like, oh, this big road trip up to Dublin. And it was all, I was wearing like red eyeliner and it was <laughs> in very much in my Jared Way phase of life back then. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, uh, all ages gigs are great. Yeah. Like, it's, it's good for kids to get a taste of, like, live music, um, young, like like you said, like, and even just looking and being exposed to, um people on stages and
3: thinking oh I could do that you know they're very expensive to put on as far as I know they definitely
1: I will say anyway yeah that is the one disappointing and disheartening thing that we are doing it in the grand social which gave us a good rate on the venue and stuff like that Mm. but some of the regular venues I won't name were because they were not getting bar sales they like hiked their fees up significantly yeah but we're doing an afternoon gig right so the venue wouldn't be open so we were kind of hoping a bit more for a bit of a deal in terms of okay you'll give us the venue, it'll be more case of, you know, we're trying to do something different and new and like something that should be done more often. So, you know, you're not going to get bar sales during the day. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> but it became quite like uh, we didn't have much choice where we wanted to put it on. Not that we, like Grand Social weren't the choice that we wanted to do, but we, when we talked to a few different venues, I was just surprised by the by the fees we were quoted like yeah. we were quoted grand for a gig in the afternoon uh at, at first before staff and now all that kind of stuff so you're like wow okay um it was quite significant for me so um yeah but we are doing this as part of the music town program and they are helping us out with some of that stuff as well. so uh, it's good so we're looking forward to that that is april 13th that's our block out of the way <laughs> um, so what have we been up to in the last week since we last left you? Actually, when we left the last podcast, we were literally out the door to see Empressov.
4: Yes, we were, yeah.
1: And that was our first of two gigs in Wheelands this week, or last week. Uh, how was it for you, Dre?
4: It was really good. It was the first of a string of gigs for me, so it was a nice way to kick it off. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought she had loads of energy. Um, I came around to, because I... I was a big fan of the single she put out um, when I'm with him. And then when I listened to the album, it just didn't, something in it didn't click with me. And then I expected when I saw her live that it would, and it did. So I was really, really happy about that. I thought she was fantastic.
1: Result. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. She was great. I love her. I think her music's brilliant and uh, a lot of energy on stage. A lot of, she mm-hmm. had, uh, was wearing her and her uh, percussionist and... She was doing other stuff as well. Beat maker, yes. Person, was, yeah. They had uh, wearing um, outfits that her mother had designed <laughs> and wow. made. And made, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, basically, she saw something that was like, "I want this, but it's really expensive." And her mother was like, "I'll make this for you." Yeah, knows. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's some real <laughs> that's that's what what I was Child, like, yeah, I like yeah. that. It was really good. It was, and, I, and the whole set was like kind of like a DJ set in a surprise way.
4: Yeah, it was interesting because she didn't take a break between songs like at all really there was very very little kind of interaction with the crowd and then towards the end she was like i'm really shy i'm sorry but i'm gonna just communicate through my music we're all like it's fine but it did feel like a dj set it felt really kind of um it just kind of kept driving forward and yeah there
1: was one segue during two songs that was uh she had like she played thank you next Ariana Grande. Oh yeah, I forgot about yeah, that. That was in between strange. between two of the songs, so that, yeah. that was unexpected. It was. Um, it was good. And uh, I and mean, I, I left you on Thursday and you <laughs> you had a great night on Friday. Where I did, did you go? I
4: went off on my own quest. Um, I attended the pop concert, picture this, in the three yeah. arena, um, with um, No Encores and Joe Duddy's Dave Hanreddy, who is who was sent for the five nights to report on the experience of going to five nights. Picture this in Did a he row. go? He did all five No, of them. he didn't. Yeah. yeah. No, he did So it was what, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I was there for the Friday. So right, right in the middle. And um, I mean... The gig itself was one experience. Watching Dave watch the gig for the third time was another experience. <laughs> he was starting to slowly lose his mind. Like a piece of confetti came down from the ceiling and he was like, There's... I recognize that confetti. Yeah, no, he, he was like, there was no confetti the past two nights. Is there going to be confetti tonight? And he was like, oh, little paranoid. Yeah. I was like, Dave, it's OK. But um, yeah, was there it confetti? was confetti. There was no confetti, oh yeah, God. just one little piece of confetti yes, But I feel like that happens sometimes at gigs Where you just see one little bit of confetti And you're like, that's been up there since like 1970 yeah. <laughs> It's just it's just been like Shoofed off <laughs> Shoofed? Uh, <laughs> shoofed, we're going with shoofed I like <laughs> it, I don't want to it. <laughs> But um, gig itself was Bizarre, like mm. just Being amongst that Crowd of like Completely devoted Fans for this band That like I'll admit I don't really get it musically like it's it's not it's not pitched for me I'm not the target audience that's fair but um it was like it was you know at Ed Sheeran levels.
3: What is the age range of people?
4: The age range that was there was funny it was a lot of like kind of 16 to 18 year olds and then there was a lot of kind of maybe late 20s kind of groups of gals from work (laughs) that was the only way I could describe them um loads of people up from the country as well like it was just it was bizarre um but it was nice because looking around it was clearly a lot of people's first gigs and to have your first gig in the three arena for a band that you're like obsessed with yeah that's a cool thing um loads of shifting just like if you, if you went you down like yeah, near go into the bar shift. it was just like people into you it, and like, Dave wow well. <laughs> uh, scandal you heard it here first <laughs> loads but, uh, of
1: shifting uh, <laughs> I mean they're very romantic music modern love you might say <laughs> oh uh, wow Dave's gonna kill <laughs> me
4: oh. uh, but no you go down near the bar and it's people either just pile of carnage people either like pass it out or just entwined in each other before they go their separate sixteen-year-old ways. <laughs> presumably like a the Friday mass night, <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> it's the last days of
1: Rome. Like it was crazy. Uh, presumably the Friday night was more uh, like that. Uh, I Black don't and know. Than, Yeah, uh, I don't. I than don't a know. Night.
4: Yeah, because then I imagine the Saturday would have been, you know, the same crack. But mm. Dave said it was like from from night one. It was just.
1: So he What's has. That? He's gonna. He's writing a piece on on all five nights. So yeah, I believe it's to come
4: out on Saturday morning. On Joe.e. On Yeah, that's
1: a plug for for his so. uh, hard work. And oh, uh, I mean, he's do, he's literally doing the Lord's work. <laughs> God that's bless. A him. Groundhog Day. Yeah. For it's him. gonna
3: it's gonna write a piece of it. It's like they're misunderstood. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, his mind is changed. The best band to come out of Ireland since. You 2 You 2 Yeah. <laughs> yeah
4: like it's I'm very excited to see where he goes with it I wouldn't be surprised if by the time he gets to night
1: five it's just him like mashing the keyboard
3: <laughs> full, <laughs> just, full indoctrination yeah yeah so I P- hope so
1: pillow could you ever see yourselves playing on the uh, top roof of empire state building because that was their flex
2: you know what I was really jealous when I saw that this was happening and um, this was around the time of the choice prize awards and they were kind of you know our competition we were like
3: An- our only competition head to head we picture this yeah
2: it was just us and them and their fans and our fans against each other, and then, um then the video went up and it looked kind of grim and miserable,
1: like yeah. of them up there with the wind blowing really. I t- just saw an acoustic thing. I didn't see anything else. That's yeah. all I saw. Yeah. Okay. So like, they literally just went up. I thought it was, thought
3: going, it was going to be like Limp Bizkit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah uh, like
4: Rolling. rolling yeah. <laughs> I think it was more a case like someone just let them onto the roof, like they opened the door. Yeah. And <laughs> well, let you up there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <What the name laughs> so where like? would
1: you do it if you were doing it somewhere? Uh, instead Liberty of Hall. Empire State, top of Liberty Hall. Oh, top of Liberty Hall. Yeah, I suppose ball- like on ball- ball-
4: on ball. the little,
3: on the wavy thing. like
1: yeah,
2: mm. I mean, no one could see us there. No. Project Art Center. <laughs> Aim high <laughs>
3: on top of the Project Art. Centre. Yeah, there's a little
1: Aim se- high, section but not too there. High.
2: What
3: about there's gigs happened the, there before? The, par- the 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 car park in um, Stephen's Green. That'd be lovely. <laughs> That'd, like
1: literally. That can be arranged, it's like just over here, getting, yeah, we I'm can about sort it. it out for you after this. <laughs> so one of the other things uh, we went to see on Saturday uh, after your picture this experience was Julia Jacqueline. we're big fans of Julia Jaclyn The Jacqueline ultimate here.
4: palate cleanser. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, it was a very different experience, I'm sure. Um, Julia Jaclyn's uh, second album, Crushing, is something we talked about here uh, recently and we were big fans of it. Um, so, how did Julia Jaclyn shake up for you live?
4: Uh, she was amazing and brilliant and beautiful and everything you want in a human being. Um, the set was interesting. Was there more
1: shifting at that gig?
4: There was no more shifting, unfortunately, at that gig. I mean, Dave Hanroddy wasn't with me, so. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually going to kill me. Um, so, yeah, like the, the set was interesting because she played like a lot of her slow songs and it didn't really
1: kick yeah. in noise wise. The, the until entire set was basically very low key very yeah. quiet until the last two songs Last two much?
4: songs she did Pressure to Party last I think. Yeah like her which
1: great. her kind of trashy guitar one towards the very very end which was a bold move but like it didn't really matter because people in Wheelands were just like loving it. Completely loving
4: it. Yeah yeah and, it was fantastic what did you think?
1: It was so jammers as well it was the only thing. I ended up standing up by the uh, the sound desk in the new like area that they have that kind of Connects the bar and the the back and the venue. Do you know that part? I don't think I've seen and this part. part. Yeah, yeah. This is, they've done it up a little bit. Uh, certainly, the bar upstairs is gone, and uh, then there's a whole other toilets. I didn't even know there's new toilets in behind oh. the bar. Yeah, so uh, new to me as well. So I hadn't been to Wheelands for a while until this week. Yeah, but it was, it was packed really yeah, it was as super as packed. Really great gig. Um, I really enjoyed hearing those songs live mm-hmm. and actually one of the songs from the first album Don't Let the Kids Win really stuck with me lyrically Yeah, because I could, she just delivered it in a very different way that I really like felt it um but really beautiful songs and uh, very restrained for most of it and yeah. lovely and we went to Zecura beforehand for dinner and everybody I was with at the table um we we're we were all going pretty much but there was two people that didn't have tickets and we we're like oh I don't know how we're going to get in because you know you can only flex your muscles so much for for, for a guest yeah. list <laughs> and then Julia Jacqueline came in and somebody I was with had interviewed her for Hot Press earlier that day and it turns out that uh, he got her, he got Everybody else on the guest list There was two people Who didn't, weren't on the guest list um, So that was great And she's wearing A little blossom hat And she was in Turns out she'd been in For lunch and dinner Um so And everyone else Ended up Who I was with Other than me I just let them alone But they all they <laughs> I all, wasn't there You weren't there I would have just you sobbed, come in at the end. I think yeah. um, So it's probably everyone went the up best. and told her How lovely her album was yeah. Which was nice Yeah, yeah So That's uh, sweet. And we, we did that thing Where it was like Don't look now But Julia Jackson's over there And seven fa- <laughs> heads Just like <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it was a great gig it was really in- enjoyable um have you guys been to any gigs recently
3: i went to see fat pablo in the ruby sessions last night <laughs> uh which was really good because they stripped back kind of their because they're quite you know very big sound band and ruby sessions so like quiet and i just thought it was amazing It with really beautiful set you know they were able to do something um, reinterpret their their music in a different way, and I think that's you know something I would love to be able to do, but it's very hard and very commendable And it was it was gorgeous.
1: But the Ruby Sessions is that kind of place, right? So small intimate, you kind of have to strip back because there's not room for a full band. Really, have you guys done done Ruby Sessions before?
3: Yeah, I did it once or twice. Yeah, we did it with Pillow Queens.
2: We. Did, I, did we do fully acoustic or did we do um, I think we had a guitar with yeah, an like amp like or something guitar, like that
3: but never, there's never a kit or anything that
2: one, we're very anti Cajon. I think <laughs> most bands oh, are
1: don't bring out the Cajon ever
3: uh. well, so it kind of puts you in a space where you're just like here let's um, see what other weird things we can do mm, with mm. certain songs and it's really, it's really cool to see what um, big bands do when they have to uh, kind of change up how they perform uh, and, and you know when it goes well, it goes. It's pretty. It's a pretty cool thing to see.
2: The first time I saw Saint Sister was at the Ruby Sessions, and it was just the perfect environment for them because I think I ended up weeping probably through the first song. Yeah, and then I was hooked from that moment on.
3: It's a weird thing. Ruby Sessions people cry me. I played it years ago, and um, uh, the band I was in. We did a cover of a uh, Black Black Street. Song. No, diggity. no Diggity No Diggity It wasn't Because I was there yeah, yeah you didn't know Diggity and, uh, My friends were like Oh my god <laughs> I was like During that song Okay That's enough. a powerful performance
2: <laughs> My <a>
5: powerful.
2: god <laughs> uh, Did you catch anyone else At the Ruby sessions?
3: Uh, no I arrived late
0: uh.
2: So I only Car- I think Roe played as it, well it it I'd love did, to yeah. see Roe play In like a stripped back environment Because mm. um, I know they opened For um, Snow Patrol In like giant arena type situations and I'd yeah I'd be interested in seeing them in different environments
1: you'd welcome that yes uh, I haven't seen Ro for a while she's really great um I have I, yeah I've actually did last time I saw her it was just her and her own but uh mm. she was in Belfast as part of Output uh that was really great she was really good um yeah I haven't seen her for a while though
2: I saw Output. her open for Alvareddy in a church in Drumcondra oh yeah that sound, was really cool
1: sounds from an old place
2: yes that sounds familiar yes I that's love gigs in churches yeah really nice right
1: so we talked a lot about festivals in the last few weeks on the podcast and uh, one festival that happened over the weekend that was notable for the wrong reasons <laughs> uh, was Ultra Music Festival have you guys seen this at all? yeah <laughs> so this was Colonel Sanders the uh, <laughs> the KFC mascot did a DJ set uh, live from the stage at don't Ultra. adjust
4: your di- dials uh, and that this, actually
1: happened <laughs> and this is what it sounded like
2: hello
5: Kentucky Sorry, where? Miami? Really? I not how I feel it. Hello, Miami! I am Colonel Sanders!
1: Okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> um, so, yes, this is something that uh, we are definitely living in uh, post-apocalyptic times when uh, you're a brand gets up on stage. So if you haven't seen the video for this, basically there's a guy on stage looking like your man Marshmallow, except for he's wearing a Colonel Sanders head and he's basically trying to DJ or pretend DJing. Um, some songs belong to kfc or whatever i don't know it's so weird it's (laughs) horrible it's so weird that festival is so weird have you ever seen tomorrowland have you ever seen any videos from tomorrowland it's Mm, like a dance music festival in belgium i want to say it's yeah yeah it's very weird it's in a it's like if you watch footage from that it's like everything is really depressing and everyone is stuck in the same stadium and there's just like horrible edm djs playing all day it's and they have this impressive like uh, setup. Uh, it's like this fake castle thing that they've built, but it's basically just a DJ who like loves himself. Uh, there's a great <laughs> video of, of something that is. There's the guy called Timmy Trumpet who's playing in Belfast soon. My God, his oh, his yeah. stuff is uh, tomorrow. That's when I was looking at this kind of thing. Oh my God, they even actually had finger licking good coming up as a uh, yeah. It was like be...
4: flashing finger licking good, and it's just. Late Were they capitalist selling nightmare. Like? KFC
2: at the festival. I mean, been, like was yeah. it was it actually a direct ploy? It is. I, I think though, imagine in an Irish context, like if you're at Body and Soul and there's like a giant spice bag DJ and at one of the stages, you'd be like, Yeah, this is deadly, I'm <laughs> yeah. into <meant> this.
4: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's 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 horrible and it's a capitalist nightmare. And if I was there, I think I probably would have thought that I'd just gone to hell. Like or, it's or
3: like, just... why would you stand there and watch uh,
4: I think it's a literally a case <laughs> of
1: That you are, you have nowhere else to go At that festival Yeah so.
4: it, like the impression I got was that like One of the acts had just finished And then this happened mm-hmm. And because w- when you watch the video It's like there's some shots of the crowd And the crowd just like die They're just like what?
1: And it's, separate to anything else other than the fact that we are talking about KFC now, um, which is their intended view, uh, their intended uh, outcome. And they have 1.4 million views on that video alone.
4: Speaking as a vegan, <laughs> I, I would like to come out and like unequivocally say that I'm against KFC and I do not endorse them or anything they do. Fair
1: play. Thank but you. There's, I'm also starving wasn't the, after listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> it also wasn't the only thing that uh, the festival was notable for, was it? There was like other issues at the festival. Yeah. It was the first time I've heard the word fire festival being used as, um, An yeah, in yeah. in reference to a festival.
4: Yeah, so spin.com um, reported that um, it was just basically a mess. Um, there was like, there was problems with buses, a tree caught fire and, um, like the n- nothing was kind of working. I don't think it was exactly Fire Festival too. I think no. I think people were just kind of transport wait. issues. Yeah, like it's not it's not like you know every man for himself. Here's a cheese sandwich kind of situation. But um, and I think people are probably waiting to like brand something with Fire Fest too. But the whole festival just looked like an absolute nightmare. Um, and yeah, it this it just would be my be, idea of hell.
1: Yeah, that, that is my. This idea just of seemed
4: hell. to be like the how you how you sum it up. Colonel Saunders yeah so I'm
1: oh, sorry
3: yeah. <laughs> I heard people last year ch- thinking that altogether it was going altogether there was going to be another Fire Fest, but then you know they're like, "Is this going to be another Fire Fest?" And, and then yeah, the weekend was, like, that was absolutely delightful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, we're still waiting for another Fire Fest. We don't
1: want
4: one. Hopefully,
1: uh, <laughs> <Unless> <laughs> I want to watch it burn. <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, ja Rule a while ago came out and said, "Like, I want to do Fire Fest too and I'm like, "Please do it. Please do it." <laughs> if you were dumb enough to attend to pay for and attend Fire Fest two. You deserve it, like yeah. Do well, it. He can do that if he likes. Yeah, um,
1: we, we definitely all watch that and see what happens. <laughs> uh, I don't have anyone go to it this time. Mm, what yeah, the, or the, any bands would actually agree to play it. Number one, the <laughs> Ja Rule and and the Dolphins. And yeah. <laughs> But, so that's one example of a brand uh, in music do, getting it wrong but also doing it for the clickbait uh, On the far side on the other side of the uh, brand and music uh, debate uh, something, a brand that's been doing stuff for music and in, in music for a long long time is Red Bull. With the Red Bull Music Academy today they announced that um, it's, at when it arrives in, in October it will be the very last edition of Red Bull Music Academy. Now I've attended Two Red Bull Music Academies thanks to Red Bull for bringing me so I know what it was like and it actually genuinely was one of the most impressive, uh, creative, thoughtful and brilliant pieces of uh, just for the musicians that attended. It is so amazing. It's so like the access you have and the equipment they give you and how they treat you and the general like inspiration that you get from two weeks at that is absolutely insane so it was really really it's uh, to me it's a very big loss um what because, shape
2: does it take just from somebody who's not really overly familiar with it i've yeah, heard so, of the brand but i don't know is it a boot camp is it kind it's of- kind
1: of like a summer camp um for musicians it happens in september though but it, that's that kind of idea everyone goes to a city for two weeks and the daytime is all lectures and the night time is some various gigs and it's generally quite um, electronically driven. Uh, they have a lot of artists playing um, special kind of gigs. So when I was there, uh, who was playing? Um, one or Tricks Point never did like a four-dimensional uh, surround sound gig one of the nights. And then they'll have, you know, they'll take, go to the city's clubs and venues and they'll do gigs there and then they'll give slots for... So uh, Daniel McIntyre... Well, from uh, Lula Hush and AMAC. He was the Irish, one of the Irish guys who went this year. And uh, Moths as well, Jack Colloran. So they were basically, they had these lectures and they have people like, like they've had Brian Eno and they've had people down to like mastering engineers who so I was there once for a guy doing a mastering engineer talk and it was so fascinating cuz like people who don't get a chance to talk about their craft and they've been doing it for so many years mm. and who've mastered so many like vital records and they get asked by um people that do questions they have never been asked before but then they also have the likes of like Jay Lynn, who's like a kind of a footwork dancehall producer Uh, like Janelle monet did it this year Uh, so it was those kind of it could be anyone who turns up on the day and you just don't know and it's really insightful and they put all their videos up online so that's the other thing about it like so with Red Bull announcing they're going to close the academy and its radio stations you're less me wondering what's going to happen to all of that very useful content for a lot of people like the Brian Eno talk is incredible and and there's lots of those kind of talks that exist up there Um, but just it's real like it was always the example I would use for a brand getting into the music space of, like, how you do it right. Even their branding on site was never, like, tacky in any way. Mm-hmm. And they'd always just have some very subtle, like, Red Bull logos here and there but and some fridges off in the distance. But, like, they had, like, a full, like... A, Lunch and dinner was all provided for everybody who was there, but it was like not branded or anything like yeah. that. It was just like really nice food. Yeah. Everybody looking after really well. I have an amazing place. Like it was in House in Berlin uh, last year. And that was just like they had painted up the space they had brought in furniture and they left all of that there for future um so they'd really like invested in it and i was really impressed with the level of investment and the le- level of creativity so i was just personally sad to see that uh, it is not going to be what was much the longer.
4: reason for it was there a reason given or just uh, no that it was real finishing? reason i
1: think it was just you know um they've been doing it for 20 years they decided um maybe they're going to move on and do other yeah. stuff. So it's going to be, seems to be more localized as opposed mm. to global. I
4: wonder because of the gap that's left there in terms of the brand, could could another brand come in and just coordinate with the like non-brand organizers and do a similar oh, thing? Oh, it's totally
1: Red Bull's thing though, yeah. that the Academy, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's been but there's, totally... There's a gap
4: there though for... Yeah, well, I mean, the, that what was the other of...
1: thing? I remember like I went to New York one year and they, they left studios there that they'd built and with like really nice equipment and... Uh, a Neve desk in the basement mm-hmm. so anyone so they left it there they'd like they bought this space and used it and then left it there for lease and uh and same with House as well they did it up like that's where Neil's Fram recorded his album and stuff like that so it's a working space for a lot of people so they really like did put investment into it so mm-hmm. quite the opposite of KFC <laughs> yeah. and Colonel Sanders it's on a stage
3: shame, like, because it's definitely a time where that kind of stuff is needed the most you know uh And not being able to have access to certain things that cost a lot of money. Yeah, for sure. Knowing that there's someone there to like, here do it for free.
1: Yeah, access
4: to that kind of knowledge as well. That like in depth, like there's there's nothing like seeing an expert in their field like Mm -hmm. in the same room as you talking. Where they mightn't necessarily get the chance to, like I don't imagine sound engineers always get like. Like there was a really good one this year, really good
1: example of Mandy Parnell who uh, masters all of the uh, the XX's stuff and AFX Twin and Bjork, and she did a talk, but she also did a workshop with all of the students and talking about mastering your tracks and all that kind of stuff. And it was just like that's invaluable, really practical, really useful. The kind of access you get to those people is uh, very rare. Um, because they're usually in a studio somewhere doing something else and then they also have like mentors like people like Flying Lotus and uh, Angel Derrador who were in kind of overseeing the whole thing and giving people advice and all that kind of stuff and sometimes jumping on songs and making songs with people so it's that kind of thing that is like you're like just disappointing that that's happening but I guess you know things have to end unfortunately um but uh, yeah i guess it's like for me it was always the anytime you ever talking about brands and music is the number one thing when you're like this is how you do it right yeah for and, sure. and unfortunately did you get uh, free red bull uh i was offered this but they were like you did, didn't have to take it <laughs> good <laughs> thank you <for me. laughs> um yeah so i was uh, i was very impressed not like uh, Robert Smith last week, who oh, well. <laughs> who appeared. Uh, I, was it a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing they were doing yes. or something like that? Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He was asked how excited he was about attending, and he responded,
5: "It's so nice to meet you. Hi! Congratulations, The Cure, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees, 2019. Are you as excited as I am?"
1: Um, by the sounds of it, no. <laughs> So as Robert's a bit of him uh, Deeply unimpressed With uh, his uh, band's uh, Feature or Appearance at the Rock and Roll Hall I of Fame I feel so
4: sorry For that girl <laughs> Oh my god Just trying to
3: do her job Just doing her job
4: She was probably told Before like You know just Really hype it up Be really excited Get people excited And then fucking Robert Smith comes in <laughs> King of the Goths like. <laughs> It was very funny though God he destroyed her
1: Yeah he did Oh god uh, yeah it's a funny thing That whole rock and roll Hall of Fame thing Is so odd oh, It's everywhere.
4: always a nightmare Whenever the, Like whenever the acts Are announced There's always controversy Whenever it actually happens There's always controversy the, the like The one pure thing That came out of it Was the Harry Styles And Stevie Nicks Like adoption I didn't,
3: really, I didn't understand that They're So saying, like, Stevie Nicks Isn't it twice?
4: Yes So she's the first woman To ever be Inducted into the Hall of Fame Twice So she, I believe It was before With Fleetwood Mac And then now with like her solo material oh, okay, so okay. she's in there twice, like, you get, you get it twice yeah yeah and um she did a, a performance with harry styles who is my son and husband <laughs> um and that <Some laughs> must get <laughs> <on. Wow. laughs> They he is both um but she she like basically like spiritually adopted him and they performed together and it was beautiful and it was amazing. Mm, yeah. Um, but yeah, usually the, <laughs> the hall spiritual of fame. Spiritual adopt.
0: Yeah, adoption. The I, the,
4: her her everything thing at the end. I agree. <laughs> 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 totally. Um, but yeah, the, the hall of fame stuff there's always like rubbish around it, isn't there? Yeah. yeah,
1: So, Pillow Queens, who would be who would you like to adopt you in music if you had to pick spiritually. somebody? Spiritually, a spiritual adoption. Uh,
3: Christy Moore oh and him just like kind of being his presence give me that kind of asmr voice that he has Mm -hmm. just be like yeah i'd be adopted by him
1: that could be arranged yeah you know that actually could be arranged yeah
4: that's not like a completely out of this world (laughs) request
2: (laughs) (laughs) all of our dreams are so achievable we're just like oh i'd love to play on top of the Stephen screen car park (laughs) and be spiritually (laughs) adopted by christy moore
3: (laughs) I would actually like to be legally adopted by Chris Moore. So if you could do that, that'd be great. I'd say be into it. <laughs> I don't want it to be a kink or anything. <laughs> I, I want this to be a family love, not, not a weird one.
2: Do you remember when I accidentally ripped him off, or he ripped us off? Or no, there was no, some... no.
3: we, we, we didn't. Rip the him. song came
2: out the same year, though.
3: No, it was a very old song. Are you sure? Oh yeah, yeah. No, because okay. I showed you. It's it's an old um, Chris Moore song called Lingo Politico, and uh, he's like he says stay in the state you know, i'd oh, never state. even heard it and then yeah. i was listening to
2: it pamela showed it to me and i was like oh oops
4: know, it's, just a, it's like, just a line don't at me off. christy thought i made it up yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i think you just picked it up by osmosis right
4: yeah probably Well, <laughs> he's so he's so ingrained in our cultural consciousness that i think you can't go a day without quoting christy moore in one way or
1: another <laughs> good you know? strong kildare man now
4: yeah I think it's lovely
1: i know a sister Do you? Yeah, she was involved in all ages gigs. You can
4: sort this out.
1: I've never met him, but I know his sister.
4: Okay.
1: She was involved in all ages gigs back in the day. Would
4: you accept being adopted as
1: as his niece? (laughs) No. Okay, fair.
3: (laughs) 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 Aim high,
2: Pamela. I like it. Thank you.
1: (laughs) So another question for you. You recently were on the cover of GCN in very impressive photo shoot. um, Because you have a song called Favourites, Referencing uh, Jorgis Lanthimos' Film favourite mm-hmm. um, So Who would pl- You like to play you In the movie of your life Oh Oh dear There's a lot of film biopics At the moment There's a horrible Motley Crue film out On Netflix oh, at the yeah. moment Not worth yeah. watching oh, no. But there are some Great ones out there So Who do you think Would like to Who would you like to play you In the film of your life
3: How about I pick yours And you pick mine Okay 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 I would say For you um, Orlando Bloom, Circuit Legolas. Thank you <laughs> so much because I, I was
2: gonna it. I was gonna say for myself Harry Styles, so I'm really happy that you <laughs> went he's like the Harry same. Styles. But okay, does he does act, he can act, he was great. Did you see him?
4: Did no? He's, he's
2: brilliant. brilliant. Oh, I he's
1: wonderful. Dunkirk, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's warm,
2: amazing, amazing at everything style. he does. <laughs> You'd watch it just for him.
4: <laughs> I did watch it just for yeah, him. Same. He was magic.
2: um <laughs> Yeah, for yours, I'm gonna go with.
5: Don't take debate up, please. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, no, but I'm hoping I get his name right. Um, I've said it to you loads of times oh, before. I know who it is. is it it's Darren your, Chris? Darren is that his name? Chris. And he's Darren in um.
3: Chris. Oh, he was in um the 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 that fashion thing oh, that's on man. Netflix.
1: Oh, she's
3: not fair. Versace,
1: yes. Oh right, yeah, yes, The assassination yes, 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 yes. of Gianni, Gianni
2: Versace, yeah. And there's so many like looks in that that it's just Pamela walking down the street killing <laughs> Gianni Versace, <laughs> and it's incredible. So yeah, he would do a really so, good Pamela. I Did can see the serial
1: killer in uh, in the yes, American I would crime take story. It, as yeah. well okay, they're hot,
2: that's okay, fine. <laughs> very good. Oh, that'd be such a good movie. Just Legolas and <laughs> 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 your man from Glee. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: I, oh sorry If I want to watch it in a separate kind of like Brokeback Night <laughs> <which are, like, laughs> I'm not alone. being in this movie
4: <laughs> Yeah these are our Smash hit style quick fire Questions <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: So we already know you have some really good t-shirt merch. Yeah. Um so is there anything you'd like to actually sell that you haven't sold yet? I noticed you like in your in your videos, your tour videos, you've had a, a, a strange miniature hand why don't you brand the pillow queens it's like the giant <laughs> finger hand.
4: at like football events except it's just a really really tiny hand that you put on top of your I finger think we're
2: actually we're kind of creeped out ourselves by the hands and now it's just been <laughs> such a long-running <laughs> joke that we keep just, <laughs> that we, keep just <laughs> that we keep just taking them out in the tour videos and we're like this is hilarious but actually when we think about it we're like this is kind of gross and it, creepy plus it's been the same hand and it's yeah.
3: filthy it's touched a lot of just random stuff
2: yeah it's covered in like sharpie as well just because we keep like writing our merch list with it and stuff fair so we're trying to like give it i some think you should do
4: communion dresses i think that'd be cool yeah i i think
3: that would be
1: cool. like the gay girls video yeah,
3: yeah. if
4: i had a child i just make it wear a <laughs> communion yeah. dress
3: yeah, be into that. Yeah. I mean, people buy buy them for a lot of money. Like they true. do. You know, we could we could get a business going. We'd be minted. Um, I would like maybe um what about pillowcases. Oh, Good. I don't know. I think pillowcases are a bit dumb. <laughs> just <'cause>
4: it's, <laughs> it's, it's just because it's obvious. So it's it's on the obvious. nose, but I think I think it could work.
3: I, I don't think I'd ever buy a pillowcase merch. Ah, you would. Well, my little sister has.
1: Would oh. you buy one with Daniel Donald's face on it? Christy Did Moore's face this? on it so you'd have to have a matching <laughs> four set you know one for each band member just your face
4: but how would you feel knowing that like you've no control over the people that buy that like I feel like you've no ju- control, you control if
1: anybody does anything y- if that's you buy.
4: true yeah but pillowcases yeah. Are, are an intimate I object
3: think, I think I'd, I, it would have to be a full duvet set you know, yeah, go, go, yeah because
2: it. if we were doing separate pillows I'd feel weird if like the stocks were depleting on other members oh, and not yeah. me you know yeah. like I'd be really upset about that so what
3: about what are those things that people get the like a boyfriend pillow
4: like a, oh yeah or, oh yeah
3: you know there's just things that people hump oh god
4: <laughs> <laughs> we've gone a strange direction no, we with have this. Uh, and I like it go on <laughs>
3: I don't know like sex choice that would be perfect yeah but we're, uh, a bit, we're a bit shy so um, probably not. Maybe some um, dental dams. <laughs> socks. <laughs> socks. Socks. Yes. Let's socks. go with socks. with wholesome socks. <laughs> socks that can also be used as dental dams. Oh god! <laughs> Stop.
5: <laughs> oh
1: god. Now finally in news this week, uh, Cardi B has said she's trademarking her signature phrase. Can anyone do it? Um, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I can't do it. I, I didn't, didn't even know, know what it was.
3: It's not her phrase. Well, no, it's like when Paris Hilton tried
4: to trademark, that's hot, and failed. Yeah. Which is why I can say it now. <laughs> that's hot. Take that, Paris.
1: <laughs> do you have a phrase that you would use an awful lot that if you, someone forced you to trademark as part of some deal that you do? Is there uh, anything?
3: I, I don't know about myself, but I do you. You talk like this all the time.
2: I got that from Kathy. It's not even me. Oh, I can't. Once you start doing it, you can't stop. It's the most frustrating thing in the world. It's It's like like when you're on the phone and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. (laughs) That's where it started, I think. And then it just was like, it went on from there. Everything starts as a joke and then it takes over your life. So that's
3: yeah yeah it's like when you start saying things like ironically and then it just becomes part of your vocabulary and you're like hey babes yeah yeah <laughs> or like chicken i say chicken oh, I now, say just unironically. <laughs> <laughs> i like, say that okay like, chicken meaning fully uh, well what i mean but that's disgusting no it's what your mommy calls you yeah exactly <laughs> okay leave it there <laughs> <laughs>
1: and we leave that there as well (laughs) Um, so we're going to move on to uh, discuss our album of the week Uh, The Fontaines DC have an album out called Dog Roll on April 12th it is the band's debut album they are a Dublin based uh, band who have been on the rise for the last uh, two years very quick really probably about the same time you guys started maybe something like that around that I think they were around before slightly before you guys yeah Um, so they have an album out called Dog Roll Um, it is coming out on Partisan Records. We can't actually play any of their music on this podcast because we didn't get a license for it. So this is going to make Boo. slightly strange uh, reviews. So we can't play any music for you. But for everybody in the room, I'm going to play some music uh, from the album for context uh, and we'll be right back. Okay, for anyone not in the room, that was, uh, uh, we were just listening to The Fontaines. Too real there. so is the alb- such
4: a tease. I know, but like? well, well, you know,
1: anyone you can, can listen just to it. can pause
2: it and go on Spotify like it's already Yeah, there. so
1: you've just, we'll give you a second there you can pause it and go and play Too Real by the Fontains on Spotify or YouTube or any other outlet uh, where you get your music from. But uh, the Dogwell is the debut album from the band. It is 11 tracks. Uh, We've heard the likes of Too Real, Roy's Tune... Uh, and Big, the opening track from it. Um, and we've also heard, if you've been paying attention, there are new versions of previously released songs, uh, Liberty Bell, Boys in the Better Land, Checklist Reckless, and Hurricane Laughter. So we've actually heard seven of the 11 songs in some capacity uh, before the album has been released. So uh, rather than um, really delve too deep into the album itself, uh, we will talk a bit about the album but, um but I were kind of interested as well in, uh, you know, here's a band who have been very much hyped in the last, uh, especially in the last six months. I think there's a lot of, uh, been a lot of talk about the band internationally as well. They have been, it started with the likes of KEXP doing some, uh, sh- showcasing their uh, live sets from Airwaves. Um, and, and then they went over and did some sets. And there's been a lot of talk about the band um, in terms of P- a PR campaign almost um, from a uh, a UK publications today there was one in vice that was uh do you want to talk a bit about that today
4: yeah so um the the article that came out today from noisy was uh dublin's rising guitar bands are too good and loud to ignore and it's basically a a profile and interview with fontaines dc and uh, kind of talking around bands like uh, the murder capital and just mustard as well and I think a lot of the criticism, it, it, the article itself faced a bit of criticism for the fact that it was kind of framing Irish music as being, first of all, Dublin music, um, talking about places like Dundalk as being a town near Dublin, a bit strange in a country <laughs> the size of Ireland. Um, and sort of just saying that like, oh, wow, like the impression you get is, oh, Ireland has found guitars. And uh, it's having this moment now when obviously we know that there are, Tons and tons of bands with guitars, present company included, who are making unreal music in Ireland now. So it's kind of, it's not quite the moment that it's being like portrayed as. Yeah,
1: I think that's maybe why it's possibly annoying some people who write about music as well and who Mm. are interested in this because you create... When so one of the things about this is that uh, like you're talking about the bands like uh, you mentioned Joe Mustard uh, but uh, Murder Capital and the Fontaines are both on the same have the same PR company in the UK mm. and we're pretty sure that this was pitched as a feature to publications and Enemy wrote about it in the same capacity there was a couple of others as well in the last few months who've written it's a lot about-
4: of very similar. Yeah. Articles coming out. For
1: sure. Um, um so that's happened a few times in the last uh six months. And I think that's when when the, you kind of create these narratives, and when a narrative is created around Irish music that doesn't feel like it's totally you know, it's like no one likes being lumped into a category or and then it kind of distorts what is actually happening here because there's lots of different obviously there's we've discussed it every week and we feature it on the site every week. There's so much good irish music of very different stripes happening uh, at the moment so to kind of like lump the narrative into oh it's only this happening is probably why people get annoyed with it so with that in mind how did you find the album drake
4: um i was i was surprised by how much or how easily i got into it um I was saying when when we were, when we had the break there that when Too Real came out, I didn't, it it didn't click with me really. And, um, I couldn't find a whole lot to grab onto, but the album as a whole, as a kind of, as a narrative, I actually really, really enjoyed. Um, there were different sounds on it that I didn't quite expect. I thought it was, I was maybe a a bit afraid it was all going to be that kind of very, like we sound kind of like girl band kind of thing where it it wasn't there was some kind of ve- very very tender moments on it um the lyrics were really really good i was particularly struck by the song television screens i just thought that was wonderful absolutely gorgeous um and as as a kind of a piece of you know this is like we're singing about dublin now it's it's an interesting time to be making music in and about dublin um, with all of its changes and the kind of fear that we're losing a lot of our spaces and losing a lot of support for artists and musicians and kind of just artistry as a as a concept. Um, it's It was a nice kind of chronicle of that. Um, and yeah, I was just su- surprised by how taken by it I was.
1: Yeah. Um, did you guys, Pam, Sarah, get a chance to listen to the album much?
3: Yeah, I actually, I really did like uh, uh, television screens. And I, no, I, I guess I wasn't surprised about anything. Um, but there was like certain songs that I was just like, oh, that's actually quite interesting. It's the last song. Um, uh, Dublin.
1: Dublin City Sky.
3: Yeah, which, which just kind of moved away from how the rest of the songs were sounding and kind of it was like a little kind of like a little ballad almost it
1: reminded me of the pogues yeah yeah, yeah i thought that it as well time. i
3: immediately went to go listen to the pogues and i was like is that an m- actual reference that i have but yeah no it's very much like that
4: i had to check and see if it was a cover of like an older yeah song. yeah, yeah. it's like it's it so said. very
3: commendable very mm-hmm. hard songs to write those ballads mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you've tried, I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've got i have a lot of Passion inside me for Fontaines D.C., but I don't know how it's coming out. I don't. It hasn't like formed an opinion yet in me or something. Like I saw them live, probably. I think it might have been now. Well it was at like first fortnight but not last year of the year before. And I was absolutely transfixed by them. I just couldn't take my eyes off them. But I was irritated. I didn't. I walked away from it, and I was just like, I don't. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like I didn't understand what they were going for, but. It stayed with me. I listened to them the next day. I listened to them the next day. I was trying to figure it out and trying to figure it out.
3: I like, just them
2: all. <laughs> But I kind of feel like I'm still there a bit because every time I talk about them, I kind of, I'm holding my tongue, not because I have anything bad to say, but just because I'm not entirely sure what it is that I feel. But whatever it is that I feel, I feel very strongly about it.
1: Yeah. Is it a case of, do you feel like the band uh, have made a really good... Uh, rock and roll record for want of a better term, but also maybe maybe don't represent themselves and who they are themselves. Maybe they're wearing some sort of, you know, a bit of an identity that maybe isn't fully theirs.
3: It,
2: um, that might be it. I think it might be more that it's not representing my identity and that's why I'm finding it really difficult to to get into it. Like I'm listening to this song, these songs about like a Dublin as this city that like it's so poetic and you know it's just a different interpretation Dublin than I've ever had and I've lived in Dublin my whole life but I've never written a song or any lyrics anything like that, um, but that's you know again that's not to say that's uh, a negative and maybe I should be exposed to different interpretations of the city and different kind of musical versions of it.
1: It does feel like a very romanticized uh, version of Dublin that it feels maybe old-fashioned in that way. Like it is inspired by poets of old and mm. music a, of James old. James Joyce references and yeah, stuff on and it. Yeah, and they have and talked about that in interviews as well, for yeah, sure. Yeah, um, yeah. And,
4: and I, mean, I think that that interview kind of, I think that was one of the problems I had with it was that it did have a very kind of singular um, presentation of Dublin and Dublin music through Fontaine's DC. Like, oh, the, the lads met in a pub and they used to swap poetry together and then they formed a band and you know, in reality, that that's not that's not the story here. You know, it's not it it it's not a, nothing is as romantic as that sounds, um. And it's not like you go into every bar in Dublin and and there's people swapping poetry and stuff. And that like it's absolutely fine that they are, um. But I think my problem with the piece was that. It presented Dublin as having this sort of renaissance where everyone's just discovered old poetry and now they're writing music about it or something.
1: So that was the thing about like the band have always had this iconography around Dublin and that's been something they've done in their artwork a lot with like Bang Bang and stuff like that. I guess this is just a fact like a couple of the members aren't from Dublin, they're Mm. from Mayo. And uh, they're not all originally from Dublin, so maybe suppose. that's what some <laughs> <laughs> is. That, is that what is that something that maybe people are aware of, and maybe they're taking into consideration when this uh, narrative forms around a band? Where especially when it's like UK publications are writing about Irish music, and they're not quite are fully aware of the facts, and and then this narrative creates of oh, all these bands in, from Dublin are doing this thing, and we, the reality of most people who are based in Dublin, like any other city are actually um from somewhere else as well, you know. So you get that kind of distortion of reality in these narratives that do kind of irk people who are actually know what maybe met these people and know what those people are like and know what else is going on. You know
3: but in a way like you know your narrative is, is your narrative and that's kind of what people want. People like when you're sending stuff to like blogs and stuff, they want a narrative like we didn't meet on a basketball court no we didn't yeah (laughs) we've been on a basketball court exclusive (laughs) well you know like we read sorry i'm following
2: up on your like what you're saying Pamela. but like any article that we read about pillow queens like everybody comments on like how they're just we're all of our lyrics are like massively political and like we've played such a part in like the repeal movement and like the referendum on on same-sex marriage and like all that kind of thing, and we're all the while just like writing love songs and like yeah. kind of you know yeah. taking the piss a little bit. And like the narrative it. it's kind of being created for us around us, mm-hmm. um, based on like very small snippets of information that we're given. And maybe the same is to be said for Fontaines, who like they do like poetry. I mean, we share a practice space with them. The lads do sit around talking about poetry, mm-hmm. um, but that's only like a small
4: yeah, part of them. It's such a small. It's like when w- when you kind of present a band as like. These are the band that like poetry. It, I, I think it takes a lot away from like, well, hard work that's put into songwriting. You know, you do, like songs don't just like pop into your head because you're a poetic sort. Like it's, it's hard work to sit down and write a song. But I think, I think the album's interesting because like it feels like a quintessentially Dublin album, l- lyrically at least. And I don't. Yeah, there's a lot of references. I don't to think we've Dublin had places. one of them in a while. Yeah. Like, so I think that's probably the thing I found most interesting about it. I'm a bit like yourself where I, I, I wasn't hearing the same Dublin that I experienced. Yeah. Um, and but that's
1: okay. Cause like, you know, I think we've talked about it before as well, like, uh, Sometimes the authenticity thing around artists and, and music is it's a bit of a double standard because like if you tell stories in movies or theater or drama or anything else you mm-hmm. can embody a character and do whatever you want but we all want our artists to have this authenticity yeah. that sometimes isn't fair because if you want maybe you don't have that authentic voice in you And maybe you want to Like exaggerate something And yeah. maybe you want to Embody something else And is that okay? Well nobody wants
4: 100% realism In their in their music Because otherwise It would just be You know Like People just speaking Into a mic Like you don't Like you You do need to have A narrative
1: I think Yeah I think we all uh, <laughs> Yeah I think it maybe Is slightly unfair To the Fontaines To say that Um, You know They don't represent A Dublin Because they're mm. They're lads who live in Dublin Who, who write live here and embody it and write music here and have started here and so their experience of Dublin however poetic or romantic they may see it in yeah. their songs isn't an invalid
4: yeah, reason that's it. to yeah.
1: isn't a valid reason to dislike them for example. Mm-hmm. So taking that out of the equation then, how did you find the album overall? I would say Uh, I enjoyed this album a lot, it's not probably totally exactly my taste, but I do find a lot of enjoyment in it, I think they're a really good live band, I think these songs are going to sound really good live, I think the songs that they've re-recorded not too radically different from there's they're now up on Spotify as the Darklands version, Darklands Studio versions, the original ones they released. So there are four different new versions of those songs, Hurricane Laughter, Checklist Reckless, Liberty Bell, and Boys in the Betterland. And I remember hearing Boys in the Betterland for the first time and it's still I still re- that still resonates with me. You know, there's lines in there that still resonate with me, like uh, "get get a car and get get the hell out of here," all that kind of stuff. And like you said, the pose is a is a really surprising almost, but it's kind of hiding in plain sight for for the band Fontaines. You know, there's a very close connection to their music and the way they make it to the kind of raggle taggle uh Pogues sound and they really do embody that in the last song which is really interesting so that was something i was certainly surprised by but i think as an album overall it uh works quite well i think it's gonna do really well for them as a band they're obviously on the on the up already they're on soccer am over the weekend lads, <laughs> on soccer AM, um, and they've got a lot of uh, gigs coming up so i think this will only compound the uh, excitement that people have about them they have a serious amount of tour dates coming up as well uh, all over Europe um, and a lot of sold out gigs as well. Uh, I think they've been playing with, um, is it Idols and Shame? Both of those bands recently as well. That's another thing that kind of has benefited them. They have been um, kind of co-opted into that idea, that scene of uh, mostly very masculine uh, music that's very either politically charged or, uh, realist lyrics and uh, idols played last night I haven't actually seen them yet live I couldn't yeah, go last oh, night they're very good yeah they're yeah, really I hear they're great yeah normal.
3: I didn't go but we we played with we them, played with them. <laughs> we played with them at future idols and Jesus you don't want you don't play for them
1: no, <laughs> it was
2: their first stadium show and it was our first stadium show and let me tell you they were very different shows <laughs> so we <put> on. <laughs> oh, they're great. yeah they're amazing mm-hmm. yeah.
1: so would you find yourself going back to this album Dre yeah for sure yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it'd be interesting to see where it lands at the end of the year or whether it'll uh, have the legs. I think it will in terms of the critical uh, discourse around it. I Irish think music. it's
4: it's got enough hype to propel it forwards either way. Whether whether people want it or not, it's going to stick around.
1: Um. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They are going to be playing uh, two homecoming shows in Vicker Street in December 7th and 8th. First one's already sold out, so we will be hearing a lot more from the fontaines for the rest of the year i'm sure of it so that is fontaines and the album is called Dog Roll out on april 12th on partisan records now we'll move on to songs of the week uh, we uh, our first song for this week is from king gizzard and the lizard wizard uh, a new song from them called Boogeyman sam
5: Shout all the patrons.
1: man Sam from King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Their uh forthcoming album released on April 26th is called Fishing for Fishies. And it is just, <laughs> it That's is cute. the seven pieces 14th album since
2: 2012. They ran out of titles. <laughs> what fishing for fishies. Yeah, love it. Go great. for it. Yeah.
1: They are a peculiar, peculiar band because they played the Olympia last year, so they'd show. Um, and they very much are, seem to be a very much word of mouth band. Like pers- By the sheer quantity of music they released, they have uh, garnered enough fans to sell out the Olympia in Dublin. Um, and this is pretty indicative of their music overall, isn't it? It's kind of like the psych buoy kind of um, garage rock stuff. So
4: I picked this song for this week, but I don't know them at all. I just came across it on a playlist and I was like, oh my God, this is unreal. We need to talk about this. Um, And then I obviously saw that I have... Now I've got fourteen albums to go and enjoy, which is unreal. Um Will so you go I'd, and listen to fourteen absolutely albums? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I there's nothing that makes me happier than discovering a band that has like a massive discography because I love just spending like weeks at a time with one artist. So I'm gonna be getting okay. into these. And if this isn't indicative of their sound, then yeah.
1: It pretty much is, to be honest. Like they make a lot of this kind of music. Yeah. Like it's, it's I really like this a lot.
4: It's like a more kind of kind of psychedelic, um, rocky. Uh, of Montreal thing, where it's just a bit whimsical and a bit, a bit silly, but also like killer riffs and really, really yeah. cool sound. I feel
1: like this band just wake up in the morning and make songs, and mm. then they go to bed, and yeah. then they make songs in the morning, and then it is that they don't do anything else. Yeah, just like, albums. Yeah, like, that's all they have to do. Yeah, <laughs> they <laughs> don't <laughs> have time for anything. Two else. albums last year as well. So, yeah. <laughs> Oh, sorry. They released five albums in 2017 alone. Good,
4: good what? God. I want to get sick. I <laughs> mean,
1: what have you guys been doing this?
4: <laughs> Where are the five albums oh in 2018? Gosh. Where's the one? <laughs> what did you guys think of this track?
2: I really liked it. I really liked it. I. Well. It's it's not my kind of music. Well, it's not too far, as suppose. Kathy's kind of music. It is Kathy's kind of music. Yeah. yeah. Um. It's, Yeah. I really liked loads of elements of it. Like, I love the guitar tone on it. I love the drums on it. I think it's really thoughtful drums. Um, yeah, it was it was a bop. It was catchy. I would yeah. go back to it.
3: Yeah, the bl- blue grassy hook at the beginning. I was like, oh, this is very interesting. Yeah. And then I think it sounds like uh, the intro song to, like, some American TV show. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. or, like, it could be. Like, yeah. yeah. Genji Cone. Yeah. Something weird. Yeah. To do with drugs. Yeah.
2: Um,
4: I can see it, definitely.
3: Yeah, Yeah. Comedy.
2: It'd be great.
4: Nice. Pitch it. <laughs> <laughs> all I have is this one song, but <laughs> well, they have fourteen albums, so we have a lot
2: to work with.
1: We were talking about this in the context of the Cork artist Laurie Shaw. Are you familiar with Laurie Shaw at all? He um, has. A, um, th- well, I saw a tweet from him yesterday, and he said, um, "If you you can go into my Bandcamp right now, and you can download." Uh, all of my albums for $30, and I'll tell you how many albums that was. What was it? 30 something albums? I think it was 33. And albums. 10 EPs. So, uh, yes. <laughs> and Quite a lot of music. There was, I found, I was talking about this recently because I found, for a limited time only, that's 22 albums, sorry, and t- oh. I just gave him an extra 10 there. No big deal. And 10 EPs and singles. <laughs> for 30 quid. So there you that's go. It's a
2: bargain. Laurie is a
1: bargain. Shaw is just 24 and he's released 22 albums so far. And that also doesn't count. <laughs>
4: no, he was 24. That was oh <laughs> <God. laughs> How many albums? Have you we done? we what? didn't bring you in here to, to shame to you. This wasn't this wasn't our goal. <laughs> <laughs> so there's
1: I mean, he's there's only two really, albums
3: between us. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's I think he's released like 3 already this year. But I oh, look, bizarre. I would say it's quality not quantity, right? Yes, I think so that's, that's fair that's, to say. Um and for me looking at 22 albums in one go you're like oh god that's so daunting i don't yeah. want to go it's just too much for me yeah. i was like Some, somebody needs to make me a playlist right you're the one to make the I'll, playlist. I'll make the playlist so you're gonna make a king gizzard and the lizard wizard best of playlist for me i'll, I'll do it for next week okay great say it
3: twice as fast
1: <laughs> king gizzard and the lizard wizard <laughs> i've said it enough i know how to say it no. <laughs> <laughs> so we move on to our next song of the week it is from rosalia it is con con altura
5: en la guantera de la isla la hago pa mi gente y lo hago a mi manera flores azules y quilates y si es mentira que no me es mate flores azules y quilates y si es mentira que no me es mate cultura cultura esto es pa que quede lo que yo hago dura cultura demasiadas noches de travesura cultura vivo rápido y no tengo cura cultura y eres joven para Lo que yo hago duro, con altura. Demasiado noche de travesura, con altura. Vivo rápido y no tengo cura. con altura. Y de joven pa' la sepultura, con altura. Acá en la altura tan fuerte los vientos. Uh, yeah. Ponte el cinturón y coge asiento. A tu vez, vaya la por dentro. Yes. El dinero nunca pierde tiempo. No, no. Contra la pared, tú no si sí le tuve que comprar un trago porque la tenías con sed. Uh, uh. desde acá, que rico se ve. Uh. No sé de qué, pero rompe el bajo otra vez. Mira. So that's
1: Rosalia, the song is called Con Altura, as we've discussed about Rosalia on this podcast before. That is a very different sound from her. Um, she released an album last year called El Malquera," which was actually kind of flamenco and R&B based. And her first album was totally flamenco and old fashioned flamenco music. And uh, so she released this album probably November last year and very much a... Modern twist on Flamenco infused with like R B. Some amazing videos if you haven't seen them yet, guys like do check it out. It's so mm-hmm. cool. Um, amazing music videos. Uh, so this is a bit of a left turn from Rosalia with J Balvin. So it's a reggaeton song. My only experience with reggaeton is that I detest it usually. <laughs> um, I was at Primavera in Barcelona two years ago. And it's a lovely festival to go to because in the daytime you can go to the beach and hang out. And we did that. And there was a guy uh, near us who had a Bluetooth speaker. And it <laughs> turns out that sand is a really good absorption for the reggaeton beat. Um, yeah. and every reggaeton song sounds exactly the same because it always has that and that's it mm. and like because you don't understand the lyrics you don't really know what they're singing about so all you can really ascertain is that beat mm. um so i guess it's no surprise that i like this song because rosalie is doing it um so i'm like oh she's doing a reggaeton song and i like it of course i do mm. um but uh, it's a bit of a left turn for her she did a was it Lollapalooza or something like that? No, Coachella isn't you know. on yet. But she did uh, Lollapalooza last weekend, played this song. She's also featured on um, James Blake's album as well. And apparently there's a song coming with Billie Eilish. And no Rosa way. Yeah, yeah. Oh so. my God. So that's an interesting Two of my turn top moths the of the past year. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> top Sorry. Mots. I can't believe you
3: said that in front
1: of us. <laughs> <laughs> two of, she said.
4: Two of, two of the six. <laughs>
1: so bearing in mind this isn't very representative of rosalia overall mm-hmm. um it seems to be a once-off song how did you find this song con altura
3: i got really excited when i started listening to it because i was like oh there's gonna be there's gonna be a banger there's gonna be a banger there's gonna be a banger and i i di- then it didn't go anywhere it just stays the same it stays yeah. the same and i guess i i haven't listened to what 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 did you say it was, uh, reggaeton reggaeton and i was like oh i thought it was just i thought something going wild was gonna happen at the end now they did kind of go off at the end a little bit but i was like oh i was waiting for something to drop or something
2: or like pitbull to come in and do a verse
3: i was, like, I, I don't know what it was but like when i listened to it on speakers i was just like yeah actually this is pretty class but yeah no i was waiting for something wild to happen at the end and i didn't get that so i was kind of chomping at the bit
2: mm. i'd say like on a beach in barcelona i'd be into it i think i'd enjoy it more in that context but like on a rainy irish day and it was you know I did listen to it in the gym and it was just like this would it just kind of slots between two other like workout song playlists. Yeah,
1: it's a bit isn't... of a strange flex for her. I think uh, the whole thing is that she just really loves a reggaeton and always wanted to do a song. So she ended up writing one. Um, she says it has um, fuses salsa and Cuban rhythm in there as well. So, sure. you know, something different. Why not? Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. I'm just like. She can't do any wrong for me at the moment, so like yeah. I, I now like a reggaeton song. That's where. We're <laughs> with, with <laughs> for it, me, I was yeah.
4: kind of um like she's she's the best thing on the song, and she's her voice is yeah. That's what a, I like about it. Yeah, I think as well. She like, just has this lovely, breathy great. voice, and I think that she could pretty much do anything. um But
1: oh, say is she could sing the phone book?
4: She could sing the phone <laughs> book. I would buy that album absolutely. Um, But. Nothing else about it, I think I I was the same, it just sort of stayed the same level the whole time and maybe if something had kind of changed or switched up in it, that might have helped but...
1: It's definitely for the club
4: It's for the club, for yeah, the club. yeah, For the Barcelona I, club
1: <laughs> We move on to uh, A new song from Kneecap This is called H.O.O.D. Hood
5: It's jocks and up He's locked in some pins man And Kailu fucking Weed in this man Keeper like, the fucker Fuck and fuck off Jesus said on the cross Two pins and boosh Plenty fakes And the fuck is the lust Who's next Me miss And would you like a bag While you're shopping At your nose I see your ankle tag Fuck you curfew This a nice stocking Two in his pocket, for a rocket. In the east, his dreams, oh, I'm okay. a hitch, double D Low legs, come on, what they say about me. Cause I'm a hitch, double D Low legs, come with what they say about me. With a job, what the fuck is that when Harper Mickey's just sitting in the flat, sibling on his cars and smoking roadies? Cause all the best jobs are taken by the doggy. Sweaty black aircrack and what's
1: blue. That is Kneecap from Belfast a song called H O O D. Are you guys from heard of Kneecap before?
2: Yes, yeah, of course. <laughs> what's your
1: experience with Kneecap?
2: Uh didn't they play in Bang Bang, Bang, Bang in Phipsburg? Yeah. yeah. Like an anti Palestine gig.
1: Oh really?
3: Not anti-Palestine. <laughs> <Pro-Palestine>. <laughs> you can cut that out. <laughs> I didn't even that. I didn't even cop it.
2: I was like it was out and I was like, Yeah, I've said right. the word <laughs> Palestine, so I've gotten
3: it right. Uh, At a pro Palestine gig. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure ter- I'm not sure what, what the reason the gig was. And I know um I was I was supposed to go, but uh, I think it was working or something. Um I really want to see them live because I've seen videos of you know I've never seen so many gale goers lit at the same time (laughs) (laughs) just gone full 90 and i just want to be part of that kind of energy and you know i feel like as as someone who's um learning irish on Geolingo right now i i feel like they're they're banned for me at this moment yeah for sure
2: uh, i think a festival environment would be really cool to see them in um, I'd seen, like, videos from their, was a Workman's show they did you know, recently enough that looked class. So.
3: I keep on hearing, like, really wild things about them, like, getting kicked out of, like, a DCU show that they were booked for. Yeah, so they were oh, booked yeah. to play it,
1: and apparently the bouncers took uh, offence to their lyrics. Um, And then they played uh, in the Empire in Belfast the night after uh, William and Kate were there in the same venue mm. and they were shouting Brits out <laughs> as yeah. they do. And that's one of the interesting things about, you know... uh. The idea that uh, a lot of slogans like "Up the Ra" and chuggarla have been co-opted in this kind of strange way that doesn't really mean what they used yeah. to mean. Yeah,
4: it's like a memification yeah. of the of those things. that I, I think is rooted in a, a, a nationalism somewhere. But yeah, you know, definitely.
1: But it feels like you know. Like, even in this song, there's parts of it where you're, like, they're saying that, but then they're, like, puncturing it with lines that are a little bit more uh, about... you Know they it was like, there's going to be a bloodbath, there's going to be a footpath, yeah, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Or, like, it's all very tough. Where's my chief. bus pass, yeah. you know, like, yeah. uh, so it kind of reminds me, it's definitely the most banging tune they've made, and uh, they're definitely a band on the up, uh, but yeah, that kind of, kind of whole thing is obviously getting lost in translation in certain uh things, it's kind of confrontational in lots of ways, you know, like yeah. that kind of idea. I'm interested, you're, you're learning Irish again,
3: well. Again, again. Was, well, look, <laughs> I was like a terrible the first time around.
1: I can't speak Irish um, at all.
3: Yeah, neither can I. But it's going, it's going okay. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to to try it again because um, I was a very bad student. So I was like, you know what, I, I want to be able to speak my mother tongue, yeah. and um, it's kind of, it's very hard. But uh, I've been listening to like podcasts and stuff, and that kind of helped me and you know there's a lot of um irish language music as well like w- w- Whitney Cap. and there's a few that think, like, there was a few i've been listening to and i was just like, like the gloaming's last record yeah, as well yeah. like loads of and that. so that's pretty great maybe like one day i can write a, a song Osqualia, but that'll be probably a long time off um but these guys are mixing like the english and and
1: uh certainly with the song is the most they've mixed english and Irish. yeah i know that i was just yeah. like oh very just so I don't know if that's the plan from now on But uh, it is, you know, it's cool It was cool to hear, like you said Them kind of do something new to a language That, you know, for many people who haven't heard Especially that kind of level of competence In Irish rap as well mm. um, So that's really interesting It's a
4: total banger as well like, yeah, it's just, that helps. You can just imagine like driving Really, really, really fast while listening to it It just
3: kind of like uh, Riles you up, up like, like Like a video game or Yeah, something. yeah
1: <laughs> It has that effect for sure. So as was a kneecap. We'll have to go check them out live soon. And another person we'll have to see live again soon is Peggy Goo. She has a new song out called Starry Night. And this is what it sounds like. That is Peggy Goo uh, and we were discussing that earlier on that Peggy Goo's uh, gigs sometimes feature people uh, pulling their shoes up in the air because Peggy Goo rhymes with shoe and it happened to Glassbury one year apparently, you know, a sign of appreciation for your music is to take your shoes off and hold it in the air. I love that so
4: much. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing.
1: (laughs) So you guys were enthusing about this song there uh, while we were playing It's so good. It's so
3: good. I can't fault it at all when I, I when i listened to it for the first time it was just like kind of as it comes in it sounds like uh, you know those preloaded songs on on like a keyboard that you get for christmas yeah and i was like okay okay and then you could hear uh then the the vocals come in and i was like someone hand me a warm can i'm going to know. <laughs> absolutely you know yeah that. yeah I like, oh i can't wait for summer it just makes you really really crave summer
1: yeah, she's definitely made those kind of tunes. The tune last year it was one of my favourites of the year called Makes You Forget. Very similar to this as well, actually. Um, but it had that kind of like shimmery, summery vibes to it. And uh, like she made a couple of EPs and uh, really nice kind of nighttime music. And she certainly like Korean and Berlin based and really, really successful and doing really interesting things and making great music and singing on her tracks as well. And so she's, uh, she's just a great artist and one of the, one of my favorite DJs and producers the last couple of years for sure. Mm. We play the Peggy Goo song before we talk about Peggy Goo before here.
4: No, I think we, we were gonna talk about it last week and we didn't. Yeah. Um, it's total bop. It's so good. It's it's an earworm as well. Like I come in um, before we were recording earlier and I was just sort of like reading things, getting ready for the podcast and just like humming it and yeah. singing it. It's just an earworm. It stays in your head like all day mm. and it's fine. It can live there. It's <laughs> grand. <laughs> it's good. It's, it's
1: good. lovely. Great. That's it for Tracks of the Week this week. Um, and uh, we're nearly finished actually. So what we usually do at the end of our podcast is ask people, what you've been listening, watching or reading this week. So we'll start with you, Sarah. Oh, we'll start with you, because I'll give you some time to think about it.
4: So regular listeners have been waiting for this moment for quite a while. I finished Better Call Saul. It happened. Yeah. I finally finished it. Um, it was unreal. I was like moved at the end. Um, I cried during the last episode. I wasn't expecting to feel any of these feelings. Um, I miss it. <laughs> I'm <laughs> bereft. Like it, it was wonderful It was so so Have you guys watched it?
3: No never no. I haven't even uh, watched uh, Breaking Bad Breaking
4: Bad Oh my oh god I'm so jealous You've, you've got all, it all Like the day you decide To do it you're <laughs> gonna make It's
3: a huge set Your life is going to change <laughs> It'll be in like uh, 10 years yeah, Or something Yeah
4: it, Well it'll always be there Waiting for you yeah. It's wonderful uh, So Better Call Saul is great um, I I have I've been bad at reading this week. Um I'm still actually I started reading um Celeste Ning N G is her surname. Um and the book is Little Fires Everywhere and it's very, very good so far. And listening, I've been listening to I don't remember. <laughs> not not much other than the Fontaines. Um, that's that's fair enough. I would say the Yeah, I'd like yeah, I've Empress. been at a lot of gigs, so I've just been listening to music that's been happening around me a lot, um, and then obviously returned to the Julia Dockman album after the after the gig. And I, li- I actually did listen to the first Empress of record. Oh, did you? Yeah. And I did like it a lot. Oh, yeah, so good. you
1: were right. <laughs> um, I'm, but yeah, very good. I've been listening to the Billy Irish album again. Actually, I've after reviewing it last week, we were like, <laughs> um. Is that one of yours? That was my one. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can go then. You can go. You can talk about it. Oh, it's so because we talked about it last week on the podcast. So yeah,
2: yeah, the more I learn about it, the more I love it. Because I like when I was listening to it first, I was like, oh, there's so many like writers in this. There's so many producers. There's like huge studios behind this. There must be. And then kind of learning that it's like her and her 21 year old brother like recording it and like writing it all themselves. And it's just blowing my mind. Yeah, I'm impressed and jealous in equal parts, and it's just so good. And I can't wait to try and do a cover of it with Pillow Greens. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> what song would you cover? Um,
2: I, I'd love to do I Wish You Were Gay. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be so good.
1: I'm
3: going to have to properly
2: listen
4: uh, You could it's mash brilliant. it up and have I Wish You Were Gay Girls. Yes. And just have like the two. <laughs>
2: oh,
5: it's just
1: brilliant. It's a great album. It's really good. And uh, yeah, like you said, like for a 17-year-old and a 21-year-old. And that's what I like about it, like the, that there's no other we tried to verify this early on just to make sure, but, like, I don't think anyone else is involved in it at all. It's
5: incredible. And that's why
1: it works so well. I think it's, yeah. like, it's its own, it's just totally its own world. Mm. Um, so that's what I really enjoyed. But Pam, what about yourself?
3: Uh, well, obviously, I've been listening to a lot of Kristen Moore. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, actually, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, a lot of Kristen Moore and see at the moment, just deep diving into that. Um, but usually... Reason I haven't listened to too much new music, I just keep on whenever I'm like, Oh, I need to listen to something, I'll, I'll listen to Tierra Wack like yeah. all the time. Just such a that that one kind of very short album that the 15 minute
1: like, album Whack World, yeah, just
3: like back to forth and back and forth. Like and because it's, it's 15 weird.
1: minutes as well, it kind of like it flies by, and then you're like, I'll just put it on again, yeah. Mm. It's like it
3: reminds me of um, uh, do you remember uh, when that Jai Paul. Yeah. Was released. It was also like such short songs that you or just, not uh, released as yeah, as well, the case I mean, was. I yeah. downloaded it completely, so <laughs> I, I listen to it all the time now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I don't even know if I have
1: that anymore. I must have a look.
3: Oh, I can send it to you. Oh, great! <laughs> <laughs> not allowed to do that. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's, oh, it's such a beautiful. Like she's so. Oh, she, She's so good at just coming up with hooks. It's it's yeah. It's impossible. just like a showcase for hooks, isn't it? That yeah, like she's thing. like, "Hey, I can do this. I'm a master," and she is. So, bow down to her. Uh, I I'm not very good at reading. I I have like piles of books next to my bed, and I've been like dipping into the same book for the past like ten months what's the book uh t- talking to my daughter about the economy by Anna barifakis okay it's a very good book i just i think I, i've
4: actually heard that i yeah, think i've had it recommended to me i just
3: i can't get into it so i i listen to podcasts so i've been listening to a lot of po- podcasts about um elizabeth holmes you know your one that uh she cre- well she invented something that she didn't invent like some uh test to you know uh, figure out if you're sick like test you like one hundred different types of tests, and it was all fake. Oh, and she was like a like worth billions and billions, and now she's probably going to go to prison. But it's gas. Oh my she talks god! like this, and I think she puts that on.
4: What's the name of the podcast? Oh, what was it called?
3: Um, I can't remember.
4: Well, we'll but we'll I, w- I listened be-
3: to the whole thing one day, and I was like, "She is a mad bitch." I- I love and, and is
4: it she's making it, or she's being interviewed in it? Oh,
3: like sh- she she's like. She's been charged and stuff. So this is being oh. made about her. Oh, about her. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mad.
4: Oh my God. I'm going to check that out. Know, that sounds go. mad. And they're
3: going to be they're making a film about her and Jennifer Lawrence is going to play her. Oh. She, I know. Sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm just like opening a new world to Elizabeth Holmes because, you know, did you ever watch Romeo and Michelle? Yes. Yes. yes.
1: yes. I literally yes. watched that again for the first time in years, like last weekend. It's brilliant. Which yeah. is
3: the actress that doesn't, is not like uh, Phoebe Buffay. uh
1: not lisa cudrow don't know yeah good question what is her name
3: yes she talks like her okay even deeper but like that kind of valley girl deep voice i I could listen to that on a podcast for sure (laughs) definitely but uh yeah no it's a very interesting story
4: and any telly recommendations or film recommendations
3: dairy girls Dairy
2: girls yeah dairy girls is great i binged that in a day um at Broad City. God, oh, the latest season is just wonderful. I
1: haven't watched that yet. I oh haven't seen God. the latest season yet, it's but I adore the them. the best
2: one. Is um, it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. I, yeah,
1: okay, cool. That's like, something Like, I've really
2: loved it, and I kind of thought, you know, what else can they do with this? But they've really, I think, been very inventive in the new season and kind of tackled things that not, like, obvious things you'd expect them to tackle. And, yeah, it's just really good, and it's really funny and super relatable, and I just yeah. love them.
3: I watched the first episode that was just insta stories, insta like, stories right when it was it was perfectly like. that's class because when i heard about it i was like oh that's gonna be yeah really you kind of think
2: it's gonna be annoying and then you're like oh even like when you first the first 30 seconds or so you're like oh this is gonna be jarring and then you totally forget about it and you're like this is, i do spend a lot of my time actually watching insta stories anyway so <laughs> yeah. i'm like, so, you know? yeah. yeah. so used
3: to it I, i'd be sitting there just like Looking at Grania's show Well not Grania she, Sheila's she show Insta story has just been like I didn't know she did Insta story. Oh yeah, she does I mean. She's her. wonderful She's great. Great. <laughs> beautiful Yeah
1: she's great It's been like uh, Drake last week in his big uh, Dublin shows And his new stage setup. his His stage is actually Just an iPhone Like Oh wow <laughs> like,
3: I heard terrible things About that
1: gig I heard yeah, mixed things too, About yeah. it Mixed things about it Yeah sure mm. I, He played 41 songs In, in over the course of uh, Whatever 90 minutes or whatever so Two hours So he didn't hours. play A full song No No, he he seems to just play like the medley version and then move on. He had a big car or something. Car on drones or something flying around the stage. Strange. yeah, my um, podcast actually recommendation for this week is uh, one I listened to for the first time ever called Pillow Talk, and it had a uh, the rapper Vic Mensa on it talking about his uh, love addiction. Okay, um, so which was very frank and and something I didn't know he was experiencing, and he goes for it, talks a lot about um, this program that he went into. Basically, he had a, an addiction to love and sex, and. Uh, a relationship, like the
4: Netflix show Love. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever watched that uh, with uh, yeah. Gillian Jacobs and Oh, right, yeah, yes, yes, the yes, yes. I stopped watching one. that. Yeah, um, it's great. Stick with it because it's about that. Um,
1: I think the character just really started to annoy me. <laughs> yeah,
4: that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I her was, her character is wonderful in it, but um,
1: yeah. That yeah, well, I've just found this. It was really interesting, especially from an American rapper. It's not something you normally hear. And he really talks about his, like, he spent six months uh, in this program mm-hmm. where he couldn't, like, talk to a, a prospective partner or anything like that or mm-hmm. masturbate or anything like that. It was just really interesting and very frank. And uh, so that was my podcast recommendation for this week. TV wise, I've been watching, and I said this to you last week uh, Better Things. Have you seen this? It's uh, Pamela Adlon. Um, she's close association to Louis That's C.K. Mine. Yeah. <laughs> yes, She's doing well with your name. Uh, <laughs> she uh, has this beautiful program called Better Things which is about one of the most like real programs I've ever seen about family and like juggling work and just really funny. She's fucking hilarious and it's just, it feels really real and it really like one of the epi- new episodes is about her uh basically having a grudge against her kid's parent uh kid's friend's parent because her friend uh because uh, the kids are like eight or whatever and they had a fight on the playground and she goes to the school, parent school uh, day and she like then starts a fight with the parent because they never apologized to Our her. Mom like playground this. politics. Yeah, it was really, like, really good. It's really good. Love uh, it. There's a lot about family and just like juggling that and they go like go-karting and like stuff like that. Just, it's really, really well done. It kind of reminds me of Transparent in the way that it's about real people and it really feels like real characters mm-hmm. and it's totally based on her own life as well the show itself is notable as well because she is the producer director and writer of the whole thing so and she's brought a lot of women in on to do all the different roles uh behind the camera as well That's and cool. she made a concerted effort and it, there's a really good new yorker profile of her as well worth reading so better things do check that out it's really cool. good cool uh, so that's it from the podcast this week. Uh, thank you, Pam and Sarah from Pillow Queens for, coming, so in in for yes. coming in and being our co-hosts. I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, so yeah, we'll see you again on April 13th on Saturday afternoon, Record Store Day, as part of the Music Town gig that you're playing, Dublin Is Sound, alongside Tebby Rex, God Knows and Squarehead. So looking forward to having some kids in front of you there and hopefully seeing their first ever gig. Yay! that'd be great thank you. I'm looking forward to it um, Dre thanks so much and uh, we are back next week we have all twins on the podcast I know for sure other than that we have no idea what's happening who knows uh, yes yeah, so um, thank you very much we're going to finish with a uh, song from our uh, co-host uh, Pillow Queens thank you so much yeah. this is Gay Girls thanks everybody bye
5: bye bye, bye.